You're listening to Talking Credit Unions with Chris Smith. These podcasts aim to communicate topics of interest from the world of credit unions. You're listening to Talking Credit Unions with Chris Smith. Today we're talking about international projects, asking the questions, should your credit union get involved? I've got four excellent guests on the podcast today and hopefully they'll help us decide on the merits or otherwise of international credit union involvement for your credit union and for its employees, your directors and even your volunteers. Joining us today, we have Robert Kelly, the Chief Executive Officer of the UK Trade Association, ABCL. We've got Lois Kitch, the former National Programme Director of the USA National Credit Union Foundation. We've got Marlene Shields, Chief Executive Officer of Capital Credit Union in Scotland. And finally, Nick Money, Director for the Centre for Community Finance Europe. I started with a challenge to Robert Kelly by stating that some people believe that international credit union projects are an expensive waste of time. It's not often I do this, Chris, but I would disagree very strongly. We've saw it through different lenses and different mechanisms in recent years, particularly the the partnership with some of our larger credit unions and the, the Georgia League. So we believe that the benefit that that's created on both sides of the pond, actually, because those credit unions in, in the States, we were worried at one point that the learning would be all one way. But those credit union representatives came over or, or we've had our members visit them in different ways have all been struck by the the great job that we're doing in terms of the the very small range of loan products that we have. They always look at our returns on investment and those key ratios, and they can see that we are, in lots of cases, doing a really, really fantastic job in terms of serving members. I think they also see us as closer to the membership. In some cases, they are very, very large. They're dealing with many, many thousands of members and billions of dollars in assets. And actually, for them, they feel that our sector and our movement and our, and our credit unions will, in terms of the development curve, you know, we are still doing a fantastic job. So I think that that's been that's been really encouraging, and then learning the other way, particularly as we approach legislative reform, it's been really useful to talk to them about how do you build new products and services, how do you do that in a, a safe uh, and robust way, what do you ask of regulators and legislators. How do you frame a new credit union act? They're helping us with concepts like building QSOs, looking at transaction activity. Uh, so, and then from an ABCO perspective, we've learned a great deal, you know, even internally from our own organisation and our own people facing off against our colleagues uh, in the States as well. So I'm a very, very passionate believer and strong advocate of international learning and the opportunities it brings in. And I think credit unions should embrace that wherever they can. And I think from a learning development perspective, then the networking, building a rapport and a relationship with other people and peers within the sector is so vitally important. So it doesn't need to be as formal as I mentioned earlier. It doesn't have to be truly international. It can be it can be more localised. We've got great links with the Irish League uh, as, as a movement and, and individual credit unions in Ireland. And, and although... You know, it's, it's very close to us in terms of geography. We have learned so much from them and, and vice versa. So there is, I think there's a genuine two-way development opportunity that's there. And I think building those relationships, building that rapport and the camaraderie that you can get, I think is, is as important as the technical learning at times. So 
So thanks to Robert Kelly, Chief Executive Officer at ABCOL, one of the UK trade associations. My next guest is Lois Kitch. And for many American credit unions and indeed other credit unions around the world, Lois is often seen as the cooperative conscience for them all. She's got over 35 years of working with credit union leadership. For many years, she served as the National Programme Director for the National Credit Union Foundation's Development Education Programme in the United States. And the Development Education Programme helps credit union leaders experience a transformational learning experience in fact we're running a podcast on that before christmas that will let you have full details about the existing development education program in fact you'll hear her refer to the de program which is short for the development education program but she's done lots of volunteering work in terms of helping credit unions in places like Africa. And I caught up with her and asked her the same questions I'm asking everybody on this podcast about the benefits of being involved with credit unions in other countries. Absolutely. And and Chris, I don't know if you know, I travel a lot. So right now I am officially retired from the foundation, the National Credit Union Foundation, but I have a small consulting company with a couple of friends. And I also do a lot of volunteer work in Africa. So for me, in fact, I have over the last three years, and we had one scheduled for this year, we couldn't make it work. We have brought groups of credit union professionals to other countries to see their own movements, to workshop, to actually see all of the cultural things that are happening in that country as well. And what happens as a result of this is that not only are you doing giving the opportunity of other movements to learn from you. There is such a sense of joy, but there's also a sense of, I mean, you can learn so much from another movement, even going to Africa where M-Pesa, which is a payment system that they have in Africa, that everything happens through a phone was so far ahead of what we had in the U S um, until just a few years ago. And I think the same with the UK. So there's a tremendous amount that not only can you can learn from each other's, but it also uh, it gives you an opportunity to, to experience firsthand development issues and the things that people are overcoming and how they overcome and what strategies are happening in a credit union to bring about change. So I can give you a couple of quick examples of where we learn from others. So we recently went to, I recently we went to the Philippines. I'd lived there for many years and visited one of my credit unions there. And one of the things they talked about is that health was a major issue for their members. So they decided to spend some of member dividends and open up health clinics within the credit union. And I just did a story on them where they had 10, almost 10,000 and I'm, I'm estimating visits of members coming to the credit union for healthcare. So that is something we as Africans or Americans went and learned. We would have never thought about, especially in America where so many people don't have access to healthcare. The other piece of it is what you can do when you go into a country. So in 2019, we took a group of um, 20 to Kenya, and we did all the things we workshopped, we saw, visited credit unions. But we also spent a lot of volunteer work there, building a community center in a home for disabled children. 
and the joy and the passion and the excitement that handed that happened for those 20 individuals resulted in a community center and library they would have never had without the ambition and the excitement and the fundraising that happened from DEs. What's happened in that community before COVID and it'll happen again after COVID is a thousand kids, little kids a day were in that community center, not a day, excuse me, a week, mm-hmm. reading books and connecting with each other and connecting with the community director. So what it did for the community is obvious, but what it did for the credit union professionals is reignite passion of how credit unions can bring about change in communities. I believe that travel and the willingness to go out and see can have great impact when you come when you come back into your credit unions. And a very good example of that is if you go into any developing economy, poverty is is pretty obvious. You know, you can see hunger, you can see substandard housing, you can see people that are at, are lacking access to education. It's when you come back into your own country, suddenly you have a new lens and you see poverty in your own country in a way you had never seen it before. You have far more patience with it. You have more, far more understanding with it and you have far more desire to bring about solutions for it. Because when you grow up in a situation, we stop seeing what's right in front of us. But you go out into a global economy and suddenly you see it in a new perspective and you come back and you realize that life is the same here as it is there. I caught up with Marlene Shields, the Chief Executive Officer from Capital Credit Union in Scotland. Now, Marlene's been involved on the international scene for a long time and has got a great reputation for the Development Educator Programme here in the UK and in Europe. So I thought she'd be an ideal person to ask as to whether credit unions should get involved in international projects. Well, Marlene, should they? Absolutely, uh, Chris. I, you know, I can't tell you how much being involved in international credit union activities has enriched my experience, but also enriched how I do my job. And I would encourage anyone who has an opportunity to get involved with another country, um, another credit union system to, to do that. There's so much you can learn about how we serve our members, our communities, and indeed shape our own movement here in the United Kingdom. Because I always say when I go abroad, um, people see the United Kingdom and they think about this really developed country and this really developed financial services sector. And then we start to talk about our credit union sector, which is actually quite third world in many ways. And a lot of that is down to our legislative framework. So it comes as quite a shock to other jurisdictions when they hear about um, the challenges that we have here in the United Kingdom. But, you know, whether it's just looking at your neighbours across in Ireland or the US or looking to some of the other countries further afield, there's always something to learn. There's always something to bring back and there's always something to impart as well. And I think that's part of the beauty of being engaged across the whole of the the, the globe, if you like. My role is to make is for those credit union chief execs and chairs of boards that are shouting no, no, we haven't got time for this. We, you know, we, we've got to get the money in. I mean, we've got to get these loans out. And we haven't got time for swanning off to uh, Ireland or America or Europe. 
Yeah, no, and it's a really good challenge. It's an absolutely good challenge. But it's certainly in Capital Credit Union, we see international travel, we see engagement with other credit unions, whether it's local credit unions, national credit unions, or international credit unions, we see it as an investment in our people. And we've always seen it as an investment in our people, because it is about the learning, it's about what you bring back. And let me give you a really great example of that. And I think you might have been involved in this example. But I remember going to Madison in the year 2000 to do the DE program because we didn't have a program here in the United Kingdom. And I remember sitting in Madison, my first time in the US, in a room with 40 people I'd never met before, terrified, absolutely terrified. But I remember a couple of days in, we started to talk about the products that we deliver on behalf of our members. And if you remember back in 2000, a current account for a credit union member was a pipe dream. We all said it couldn't be done. It just couldn't be done. And I was sitting there with credit unions smaller than my credit union that were offering full service. They were offering checking accounts, credit cards, higher purchase agreements, everything that their members required. And it really lit something in me because we'd always said we're too small. Size matters were too small. And here I am sitting with credit unions smaller than my credit union, which was a a reasonable size in the day. So we came back and there were so many people involved and you know all of those people, but the flame had been lit now and it was, we can do this. We need to go out and find a partner and we need to be really bold in that ask. And it took a long time, but eventually the co-op bank stepped up and said, we will be your partner. So with the co-op bank and all the people involved in Abcool and the nine credit unions, we achieved it. We achieved the first credit union current account in, account in the United Kingdom. And you know, if I hadn't have gone to that program and hadn't learned about it actually isn't about size, it's about member need and being bold and go out and finding the right partners to deliver if you can't do it on your own. I'm not saying it was down to me at all, but there was a lot of people got it and they said, yeah, you know what, we can do this. It's an example whereby, you know, looking out to come back in and say, we can do this. Okay, we haven't got everything lined up. We need, you know, more partners. We need more people engaged. We need more finance. We need to bring it all together. I think it was a perfect storm. Everything just seemed to line up. And as you say, we had all of the right people with the right vision at the right time. But, you know, that was a challenge. But it's just an example of whereby you can, you can do it. But going back to your original question, you know, about chief executives who have very tight budgets, who, you know, all their, their focus is on member service here today, the right now and getting that loan out the door. If you don't invest in your people, then you're doing the credit union a disservice. You're doing your members a disservice because they might go out and come back with that one idea that could change somebody's life. And, and another example of that is credit referencing. Back in the day, and I'm going back 20, 25 years ago, if you said we're going to start credit referencing our members, oh my goodness, credit unions, that just was not the done thing. You, you know, that wasn't. But, you know, trying to explain to people, and again, this is going out to learn what are the benefits of going down this route and the benefits to the members and the credit union and the safety and soundness of individuals as well as the institution. It was about protecting 
the member and the credit union. That's why we started doing down, down that route. And of course, now everybody's credit referencing, everybody's doing risk pricing, everybody's looking to make sure that they're not overburdening a member with a loan that they can't afford because they can see their debt history. They're protecting the credit union because they're making better lending decisions. So again, just another example of going out into the wider movement, looking beyond your own borders to see what other people are doing, what the best practice looks like, and bringing that back to your own credit union. Again, going back to what I said a few moments ago, in this country, we're, we're, we're still very much a developing credit union system. We're not there yet. We're not even close. So it's about looking at your people, investing in your people, giving them the opportunities to go out and learn and bring that learning back. And also about vision and a mission. You know, what is it we want to achieve on behalf of our members and making sure that we can we can deliver on that vision and, and deliver on our mission on behalf of our members as well. But it's our people who do it. It's not me as the chief executive. It's not the board members. It's the whole collective and not just our members, our staff, our board members and our volunteers. It's all our other stakeholders as well. They all have to bring something to the party. And then finally, I asked Nick Money, the director from CFCFE, what's his take on credit unions getting involved in international projects? My experience in uh, working with the Romanian credit unions is uh, was really profound experience. Uh, I think it's really inspired the people. We had a party of maybe twenty of us, a mix of directors, some quite junior staff and young staff, uh, and seasoned chief execs. And I think everybody found that the experience of interacting with the Romanian credit unions was re- was inspiring. And it reminds you that the cooperative uh, way of doing business is an international community of people with similar values, even if they've got some different ways of going about it. And people definitely came away with some interesting ideas about their own business. It gave you another way of looking at your own business. So even if it wasn't about, oh, look at what the Romanians do, we must do that. Looking at the way they did it made you reconsider the way you do it yourself. Yeah, there were loads of benefits, I think, credit unions having that international perspective, motivational and practical. A big thank you to all our presenters today. Firstly, a big thanks to Lois Kitch, our very own international credit union expert. Thanks to Robert Kelly, Chief Executive of Abcor. Always good value, Robert. And also to Marlene Shields, Chief Executive of Capital Credit Union in Scotland. Thanks again, Marlene. And last but not least, a big thank you to Nick Money, Director from CFCFE. So there you have it. It seems the jury's out and the verdict is very much get involved. I didn't really think that being involved internationally was a bad thing at all. I was just being devil's advocate. On the occasions where I've been involved with any aspect of credit unions internationally has always been very rewarding. But there is that eternal dilemma about allowing resources to be spent on sending people on projects. I think there's a leap of faith here where people, having come back from events, will tell you just how fulfilling it was, how rewarding. And in many cases, some people say life-changing. But we've heard some good testimony today, and I think we'll hear many more as time goes on. You've been listening to Talking Credit Unions with Chris Smith. Thanks for joining me. Bye now. You've been listening to Talking Credit Unions with Chris Smith. 
This is a not-for-profit podcast and my time is given freely. I'm constantly on the lookout for stories and topics of interest to credit unions, especially, but not exclusively, in the United Kingdom and Ireland. A contribution to my costs has been made by the Swoboda Centre and I work with them for additional distribution and inspiration. Thanks for listening today and if you wish to leave any feedback, please contact smithowls at gmail.com. That's smithowls, all one word, at gmail.com. Bye now.